We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. Welcome to the Jewish Hour. I'm your host, Herschel Finn, and we've got a great show for you today. Unfortunately, we're going to be talking about a disaster. Tornadoes in Kentucky devastated a lot of a lot of Kentucky, a natural disaster area. And we'll have on Rabbi Chaim Litvin, who is one of the rabbis in Louisville, Kentucky, to talk about those tornadoes in the aftermath thereof. In the second half of the show, we will be talking about the portion of Shmos, which can be found in Exodus 1, 1 and following. We got some real good stuff over here. There is a wonderful assortment of Jewish music sprinkled throughout the show. A really amazing Hasidic story at the end. Before we do anything else, let's go right to the news. An Israeli was killed and two others were wounded, one seriously, in a shooting attack that took place near the community of the West Bank tank of Chomesh. Security forces are looking for the attacker. Israel launched an airstrike in the Damascus area, bombing military sites set up by Iran. One Syrian soldier was killed. Israel closed its borders to Americans due to the high number of COVID cases in the U.S. So if you're planning a trip to Israel, you're going to have to wait. Currently, there are over 40 countries that Israel does not allow people to travel to from or from them to Israel because of COVID. Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett met with United Arab Emirates Crown Prince Mohammed bin Zayed Al Nahyan in Abu Dhabi. This is the first time an Israeli prime minister has visited the Emirates. Iranian cyber hackers broke into seven Israeli government and business sites. The extent of the damage was not reported. A northwest Texas man and his wife were arrested for posting death threats to Chabad rabbis on social media. They actually took this quite seriously, and this person said, only well, described in great detail what he, what he was going to do to rabbis in New York City. And finally, it has begun raining seriously in Israel this week. Israel's rain fall only during the winter months, and if it doesn't rain during the winter, they get droughts. So it's raining, it's raining nicely, so that's good news. And that's the news. <music> Why go to a hospital to get healthy? At Encompass Healthcare, you get the -the state-of-the-art wound care like in a hospital. The same medicines, the same everything without being in a hospital. Why put yourself at risk of getting a hospital-borne infection? Did you know that last year, one in six people died in America because of infections they got in hospitals? Encompass Healthcare is an outpatient facility. That means you get your wound care treatment and then go home. There are no wait times at Encompass Healthcare like in ERs. Healthcare is personal and works better, faster, and easier. Encompass Healthcare provides a state-of-the-art outpatient facility close to where you live. Call 248-624-624. 
6249800 that's 6249800 auto accident workman's comp and most insurances accepted Encompass Healthcare's goal is to get you healthy with as little disturbance to your daily activities call 248-624-9800 Shul Finman here, you're listening to the uh, Jewish Hour. We have on live Rabbi Chaim Litvin from Louisville, Kentucky. We're going to be talking about the tornadoes that happened there and the aftermath thereof. Hello, Chaim, how are you there? Yes, Barth, how are you? Good, thank God. I'm glad that we were able to take some time. Okay, so people... Uh, what, what was that hold music? <laughs> was that, you were listening to the com- commercial. <laughs> okay. No, Why don't you cut it, it off? It. It's it me. I'm in the car too. I was curious to find out if he was the Mashiach or not. Uh-huh, okay. <laughs> Fine. Okay. Um... So maybe we're listening to the station stuff. But anyway, so we also have Shlema Litvin, who there are Shluchim, Chabad representatives, rabbis, serving at this point, I would say, greater Kentucky. Shlema's in Lexington, Chaim's in Louisville. And uh, okay, so people have, people who with televisions and other such news outlets have, have heard about the, the tornado. And if they didn't, that means that they're in a cave and they're probably not listening to the show anyway. So tell us, though, the extent, there's no, uh, there's expression of, it's like a, thou- a picture's worth a thousand words, but being there's worth a hundred thousand words. So what is it like on the on the ground over there in Kentucky, Rabbis Lit- Litvin? Imagine uh, drawing a city on a chalkboard and then erasing it. That's what we have. That, I could tell you, that much. So you're saying that they're like yes. whole? Are these like cities? Let's let's talk about the, the the two big cities that I know about. There's I think I, I, I'm an outsider. Landmarks are gone. The way people are going to drive, you know, you say you know drive to the get you know to the Marathon gas station and make a right and you know go down to the old courthouse and take a left. That won't exist. Wow. Just, they seem like there's there's no gas station or courthouse. Or any other landmark. Okay. No water, gas. So the the cities that got hit, they have water. They had water towers, so it's pressurized water to go to the homes. Tower gets knocked over. And that's it. They have a, a low level pump, so they have like flow level of water. Um, you know, minimal psi at this point. They they didn't have that for a couple days. Um. Right now, they just have one pump powering the whole city. Um, Jewish graveyards, graveyards in general, wiped out. Oh, that's an interesting thought. They uh, found uh, people's things, um, pictures and stuff from Illinois and Kentucky and from you know cities in Kentucky to other cities further out. So it, you can say it looks like a tornado hit the place. So Okay, so but the big cities, Lexington, Kentucky... Um, uh, Louisville, th- those cities weren't weren't affected. Louisville and Lexington are by far the two largest cities in the state, and uh, neither one had uh, that type of wind or, or that 
uh, sort of thing. Okay, so these cities, okay, so these are like, uh, I'm imagining Appalachia and like little little tiny towns with like a gas station and four houses, but you're saying it's it's more than that. It, yeah, it's entire cities, just, goodbye. I'm sorry? Absolute devastation. Um, Bowling Green is the third largest city in the state. Uh, which also got severe damage. Okay. Now, so, okay. So, what has been happening in your part to help with, like, the relief? 76,000 people. Uh, okay. You broke up there a little bit. Could you say that again, what you were talking about, Bowling Green? Okay. Yeah, so Bowling city. Green is a, a relatively large city. It has Jews in it. There's a big college there. Uh, third largest city in the state. Um, and also devastated by this. Flattened like the pictures? I mean, this is a big, Bowling Green's a big city. Um, not quite as bad as Mayfield, um, but severe, severe damage. Okay. So what has Chabad, Chabad is, in, and this is, a, I've, unfortunately, I've had this show, uh, the theme of this show has been happened several times with hurricanes and earthquakes and uh, fires and uh, tornadoes here, floods. So it seems that Chabad has always been able to help with general disaster relief, not just helping Jews, but helping the community at large. So what is Chabad of Kentucky doing in Kentucky for tornado relief? Yeah, so uh, as a... As a general rule, the Rebbe had a, a you know an equal view of all people. Everyone needs to be helped when when the time arises, and we were in a position to help. And it doesn't matter who it is. There's no difference between a Jew and Lavlagai. Right? So, you know, we offered our assistance uh, any way we can. Um, so, Chabad in Kentucky has an organization um, called Project Friendship which uh, we get donations from companies like Amazon, Walmart, and Target. We had an abundance of, of shoes and clothing, cleaning supplies, um, all the things that they needed in these cities. And we've been packing up and trucking out to, uh, to all the cities in the, in the uh, areas that were affected by this, um, bringing the, the much-needed supplies. Okay, tell, tell us more about this project. Uh, we uh, joined up with, uh, with Israel, the Israeli consulate, um, the Consul General to the southeast out of Atlanta joined with us to get water uh, to, to these places. At the beginning, that was like the, the biggest need um, after, you know, the water towers got knocked down. Um, that's been uh, remedied, at least band-aided for now, so that's not as big of a need. Um, and we've moved on to, to clothing, boots, shoes, winter stuff, pillows, blankets, clothing, and all uh, cleaning supplies. Um, and all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Where where are people staying if their house if the city doesn't exist anymore? So it's odd, you know, when when this has happened in other cities, um, there was actually a tornado in Nashville. Uh, I think it was about two years ago, and the there was uh, major flooding um, and uh, hurricanes in uh, in the Northeast in New York. The uh, the city always seems to have a stadium or conference center or something where people can shelter uh, until, you know, some roofs are, are put back up. But here, there's no no big sports team, you know, anywhere near. The high school 
was destroyed. The the colleges, there aren't colleges in a lot of these areas. Um, there there's there wasn't even a building that had a dock left to receive trucks. So there was no like big building to shelter. They were busing people out to other cities. Um, some hotels were generous enough to give up rooms. I know there's one that had 55 beds available that the, they bust people to and you know, similar things to that. Um, but, you're, I mean, you're talking about thousands of people left without their, their homes. Okay. Um, it's, a, it's a tough situation. Okay. Now, so when stuff like that happens, people get depressed, people get suicidal. Has Chabad of Kentucky been helping people in their psychosocial uh, manner, counseling people? Did you? Um, sorry, Gus. I can't hear. That. Didn't hear you. I'll say it again. The, during such a time like this, people lose everything. They get depressed. They become suicidal. Has Chabad been involved with social psycho type, psychosocial type stuff, counseling and helping people on that on that front, Rabbi Litvin? Yeah, our, our assistance is obviously it's not just material; it's also spiritual and mental uh, and physical. We help in any way we can. Offering assistance, um, just a shoulder to cry on, someone to talk to, guidance, help, and material things as well. Okay, tell tell us more about this project, friendship. This was something which was set up before the tornadoes. Yes, project friendship is uh, about two years old. It's the uh, charitable and social service arm of Chabad of Kentucky. It started off in the, in our school. We set up a program with the children to help um, just to do chesed. So we reached out to some, some companies and got some items for the children to give out. So just to, to learn about uh, giving and, and chesed. And then those items continued to grow. The, the retailers that we got stuff from gave us more stuff. And uh, five pairs turned into five pallets to 50, into 500, and we now have a, a 47,000-square-foot warehouse filled with items that get sorted and, and given out to over 80 locations uh, statewide. Um, during uh, the 2021 year, which was tough to, to operate due to COVID, we gave away between seven and eight million dollars worth of, of items, um, and then when when this uh, the terrible tornado happened, uh, we we were just in a spot where we were able to to assist in such a uh, such a major way. Just a shaka process. Um, we had just done on Hanukkah a huge giveaway. We gave over a thousand gifts out. We had the lieutenant governor there. We uh, met throughout Hanukkah with a bunch of other uh, agencies and uh, um, community leaders. And, when, and they were all aware of Project Friendship. So as soon as this happened, they all reached out to us uh, to find out you know, how best we could help. And we, have, we basically haven't slept in a week. This is this that's a that's a major thing. I have never heard of Project Friendship, and here this is this is <laughs> it's a major undertaking. You must have people that are just dedicated to 
project project friendship. Sounds like a full time several full time jobs. Normally. So major undertaking is just what we do. In general as Chabad, not just not just here in Louisville, but uh, the um, the Rebbe sent the, the Shluchim out all over not to uh, to just be there, but to be community leaders and then you know, support the communities and build. And that's what we do everywhere. I'd like to, to make it sound like I'm the only one, but I'm not. There's amazing people doing amazing things the world over. And it all goes back to, to the Rebbe, to, you know, my, my uh, mentor, the you know, foremost Jewish leader of uh, modern era. Um, just, you know, building leaders. Okay, so if you could tell our listening office, what does, uh, in parenthesis, Chabad of, in close parenthesis, Kentucky need right now from people around the world who are listening? Um, so it's actually interesting. So right now, the, the need on the ground changes day to day, uh, even every few hours. As people continue to give, the, you know, they, they started putting out lists of things they need, and then as those lists fill, if people don't know that it's changed, they're continuing to bring things that aren't needed. So really the most important thing uh, now is gift cards um, and, and cash contributions. Uh, gift cards like the Amazon and Walmart, so people can get the things they need when they need it. Um, you can People can bring them to their local uh, Chabad centers. Uh, they can mail it uh, to us, to the Red Cross, to whoever, you know, so we just need to get it to the people and they'll be able to get exactly what they need. Um, you know, people have the holidays are coming up. Um, you know, people just need different things, and it's, it's too diverse uh, right now to just say, you know, and you know, to name like two or three things because uh, that need just continuously changes. So the the easiest thing is just uh, gift cards to stores like Amazon and Walmart. Okay, if somebody wants to make a donation for the Chabad Relief of Kentucky. How would they go about doing that, Rabbi Shlomo Lipton? So the easiest way to do that would be at charity.com, which is charity with a D-C-H-A-I-R-D as in David Y dot com slash Kentucky. Charity.com slash Kentucky. Okay, charity.com slash Kentucky. Okay, that pretty much does it. You sound... You got your hands full. What's uh, anything special and unusual going to be happening for either one of yours, your Shabbos's, either in Lexington or Louisville, because of this? Chaim or Shlomo. So Shabbos will be the first time I sit down since last Shabbos. I've either been driving to and from, handing out, or packing up. Um, you know, since uh, since Shabbos ended last week. Uh, so we'll have some time to, to rest, relax. Okay. I mean, both of you are involved with major county University, um, University of Louisville, University of Kentucky. Has the, have the colleges closed down because of the tornadoes? So as the <clears throat> representative to UK, the UK Jewish Student Center, which is run by Chabad, partnered with UK Athletics, which is a major force in the state. Uh, with a state who loves sports but has no professional sports team, many people say they bleed blue for their fandom of the Wildcats. 
Wildcats are the only team in history to have all starting five of their players go in the first round of the NBA. So the U.K. football team, which is the best it's ever been, and the U.K. basketball team got together with Ambassador Kelly Kraft, who is a dear friend of the Jewish community, and they joined with Project Friendship and Chabad. They hosted a telethon, and they raised $3 million in four hours to help the people in the area. So rather than shut down, the university's response, together with LEX, the local television station, was incredibly quick, incredibly fast-moving. Um, and the real effort we're trying to do is to make people feel at home, to give people that sense of community back. Uh, one thing I saw remarkable was uh, the Heshliach, Rabbi Lutzman, when visiting the community, was visiting one of the schools where people were basically refugees who couldn't return to their houses. They were coming there for supplies, and he turned to one of the young women who was there and said, excuse me, can you point me in the direction of the restroom? And she said, sure, and she walked him down the hallway and was pointing out trophies in the case, and, and you know, this is my classroom, and, and I noticed that for the first time, she was at home. She was showing someone from outside the community her school, something she could pride in. And I asked him afterwards if that was intentional. He said it was the entire point, that he didn't actually need to, to do anything. He just wanted to give her a chance to be the host, to be the one giving rather than the one who's receiving. So that idea to be able to reinstill in someone that this is your home. So again, like Rabbi Chaim said about landmarks, when what marks your town, when what you brings your town pride is a giant water tower or a courthouse or a steeple or anything else, and suddenly that's gone. What do you brag about? What makes you feel at home when your favorite tire swing is 70 miles away now? When your friends aren't next door anymore? When people are still missing in many of these small towns? Um, giving them a sense of community, giving them a sense of ownership is incredibly powerful. That's a large part of what we're doing. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. I am, I am inspired. Okay, for those against those people listening, that if you want to uh, help in the relief effort of what's going on in, in Kentucky, the uh, web address is charity, C-H-A-R-I-D-Y, charity.com slash Kentucky. And I hope you know how to spell Kentucky because it's been spelled the same way for 300 years almost. And we want to, Rabbi uh, Chaim Litvin of Louisville and Shlomo Litvin of Lexington, we want to thank you so much for taking out from your busy day. We can hear that you're uh, traveling from between point A and point B and hope you get home safely for, for Shabbos and you get a little bit of rest out of the deal before you have to, to, to go do this. Is there an end in sight or we're talking really long term over here? This is going to be a long process uh, for, for these communities to be rebuilt. Um, now, like we told, we told uh, the people on the ground that you know that live there, we'll be back. We're, we're you know we have a convoy going Sunday morning, um, four or five vehicles loaded up with trailers, um, you know bringing more stuff, just bringing helping hands. So amazing. Okay. Um, I'll, I've committed, I'll be in Hopkinsville um, at least once a month for the foreseeable future as well. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a while. Amazing. Okay. We want to wish you continued success and maybe keep us surprised of what's going on down in Kentucky. Absolutely. 
Okay, we're going to take care, and we're going to move on to our next segment. Up next for your listening pleasure is, it's a song, Shi'irat Shel Cham is the name of the piece. No, it's the name of the group. It's called, the name of the group is Shi'irat Shel Chaim, and this is an Idan Rachel cover. That's all I got on it, but I like the song. Let's listen. assurance of quality and excellence in kosher look for the michigan k on the label what's it look like the lower peninsula of michigan with a k it's a symbol of the michigan kosher supervisors go to their website mycosup.com that's mi for michigan ko for kosher and sup for supervisors mycosup.com and find this month's featured products you'll find michigan k products wherever fine food is sold especially at natural food patch on west nine mile road in ferndale 
Herschel Swinman here. You're listening to the Jewish Hour. Let's listen to a little klezmer music. This is the Amsterdam Jewish Chamber Ensemble. This is a, these are this is a real deal, and the song they're playing is something that they put together, and they call it klezmer. We all know there's an opiate epidemic, but Advanced Rapid Detox has a solution for people addicted to pain pills, heroin, and dependent on Suboxone and Methadone. Advanced Rapid Detox performs detox under sedation in the hospital. Patients sleep through withdrawals and wake up without cravings. Dr. Julia Aronoff and the staff at Advanced Rapid Detox help people restore their lives and the lives of their families. 
Addiction affects everyone, even in the Jewish community, and Advanced Rapid Detox is there to help. Call 800-603-1813, that's 800-603-1813, or visit them online at www.advancedrapiddetox.com. Shulfimin here, you're listening to the Jewish Hour. We've got time for one more song. This is, we've had a real eclectic uh, assortment today. Thank you. This is Itzhak Kala. He's um, relatively new on the scene. This song is Abba Neshama, which is the words are taken from the daily morning preliminary prayers where we thank God for waking us up. So thank God I woke up. Thank 
Why go to a hospital to get healthy? At Encompass Healthcare, you get the state-of-the-art wound care like in a hospital. The same medicines, the same everything without being in a hospital. Why put yourself at risk of getting a hospital-borne infection? Did you know that last year, one in six people died in America because of infections they got in hospitals? Encompass Healthcare is an outpatient facility. That means you get your wound care treatment and then go home. There are no wait times at Encompass Healthcare like in ERs. Healthcare is personal and works better, faster, and easier. Encompass Healthcare provides a state-of-the-art outpatient facility close to where you live. Call 248-624-9800. That's 624-9800. Auto accident, workman's comp, and most insurances accepted. Encompass Healthcare's goal is to get you healthy with as little disturbance to your daily activities. Call 248-624-9800. Joel Finman here. You're listening to the Jewish Hour. This week's portion, which will be read in the synagogues around the world, is the portion of Shmos can be found at the very beginning of the book of Exodus. At the beginning of the book of Exodus, Moses is born. Ta-da! Happy birthday to you. Anyway, Mazel Tov. It says... In describing Moses' birth, Ketov, that he was good. Now, a very unusual expression to describe somebody being born. Ketov, that he was good. I mean, baby, you have a baby. Everybody says Mazel Tov. They say congratulations. It's a wonderful thing. Everybody loves new babies, except maybe mothers at 3 o'clock in the morning. But What? There is a form of learning and deriving uh, insights into the Torah, which is based on comparison. This is an unusual expression it, in every language. It's like it just sticks out. So what the Torah is saying is because it's such an unusual expression, Go look and find where else in the world, does it in the Bible, does it use the same expression? And we find that the very first time that the expression ketov, that it was good, is, is used, is with the creation on the first day of light. Vayar elokim asa'or ketov, and God saw that the light was good. Okay, so now what we're told to do, and the way we learn about this is Talmudic exegesis. What we're told to do is compare the two together. And what do we come up with? That Moses was illuminated the house like the first day of creation. Or you could say just as light refers to the ketov, that it was good refers to on the first day of creation to the light, so too, when it says about this baby Moses, that when it says Kitov, that he was good, also refers to the fact that he was light. Moses was just a very special person. Moshe was a once-in-a-creation individual. You have people who are like once-in-a-generation, once-in-a-decade, once-in-a-century. 
I could even say once in a millennium. Moses was unique to our creation, to humankind. From the onset of humanity with Adam at the 5,782 years ago until the advent of Mashiach when all people will be born, Moses stands out special individual because he was created to be Moses. I mean, Moses is like a generic term. We have a rule that whatever appears in the Bible has to be used by us, those who are learning the Bible, as a lesson. How are we going to be better people? Because that's what the whole thing is all about. That's what the whole Torah is about. How do we become a better person? When I was born, no one said, hey, look how that kid shines, although my mom did call me Sonny. Uh, I can't believe I said that. Um, I apologize. So when when we're talking about ourselves, now what are we supposed to do with this information? Moses Moses shone. His body was just not not strong enough to contain his soul. So we're told we have a little bit of Moses in each inside every one of us. We've used this before, this analogy, that it is an analogy that every nation and every person mentioned in the Bible refers to something in us. And Moses refers to the deep-seated belief in God that we all have. Even someone who says, I don't believe in God, they have Uh, Such a deep-seated faith in God that they themselves aren't even aware of it. But everybody, because we're all all here because of God. It'd be impossible. It's like a tree saying, I don't believe in dirt. So we have this. What was Moses able to do? Moses was able to bring it up to the surface. And so we can learn from Moses. You're not going to be Moses. You're not going to talk to God whenever you want to, like Moses did. You're not going to get a Ten Commandments, and uh, because that was already done already. We don't need to do all that stuff again. It's not our purpose. But we do need to relate to the Almighty. What was Moses' thing that held Moses? Moses was able to have like conversations with God. He was able to argue with God. God would say something like, I'm going to destroy the Jewish people. And he would say, Moses would say, no, you're not. And God wouldn't. It was that simple. So the this, this whole thing now, we can learn from Moses that we can, we can argue with God. There's something you don't like. You can put in your complaint, and you can say why it's a complaint. You can say, what am I going to do about it? That's a big thing. Moses was able to say, well, this is what I'm going to do about it. That's really where it comes in, this deep-seated Moses that's inside of us, to bring it to the surface, let it shine. Let's ask the Almighty, not for the big things, not for the small things. It was always uh, the rule, if you're going to ask already, if you're going to go to God already, don't ask for small things. Ask for, like, monumental, earth-shattering things. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. we got a classic story going on coming up. Don't go away. You're listening to The Jewish Hour. Hi, this is Spex Howard. 
The Spex Howard School of Media Arts is proud to have been a sponsor of the Jewish Hour and bring quality radio programming to the community. While much of the funding comes from its sponsors, listeners like you help keep the Jewish Hour on the air. Please send your tax-deductible donation to the Jewish Hour, 1725 Pinecrest Drive, Ferndale, Michigan, 48220. That's 1725 Pinecrest Drive, Ferndale, Michigan, 48220. Your help is greatly appreciated. Thank you very much. Hey, Shul Simon here. You're listening to the Jewish Hour. <clears throat> Would you like to get in touch with me? Easiest way to do that is go to my website, rabbifinman.com. There you'll be able to get in touch with me, and you'll be able to, And I, if you do it on a Sunday, I usually answer on a Sunday. That's when I spend time at the computer. Baruch Hashem, with things going on at Jewish Ferndale, things are very busy, and uh, I don't spend as much time on the computer as I did, say, 20 years ago. So it's uh, it's a good thing. So if you get it, if you have a question, you know if something is you heard on the show today, and if you want to, uh, if you missed like where to send a donation, charity dot com slash Kentucky. Well, I just said it again, but you can then say Rabbi Fidman, what's what was that address again? Or you could say I would I'd want to go help, and I want to I have a warehouse full of stuff. I want to send it down to Kentucky. How do I get in touch? I can I can personally give you the phone numbers of rabbis Litvin down in, in Kentucky, that kind of stuff. No problem. Um, we have been getting lots of emails from, from people from all over the world, so it's a great thing, and I answer them all personally because I take it seriously. I take your comments seriously. There's also other the archived editions of the show. If you want to hear, go back and listen. I mean, if you're if you're new... The Jewish Hour has been on air for 26-plus years. Up March will be 27. Um, all 26 years are not up there because 26 years ago, it was like, it was, <laughs> you can't even say it was a whole different technology. It wasn't even technology, comparably speaking, to compare to what's now doing on websites. But uh, 26 years ago, it was on my website. And uh, I'm not sure where those things are now. I mean, things just don't disappear. So if you want to give me a clue as to how do I go look up a show from 26 years ago online, give me a give me a shout me out a line. That's a be a very interesting thing. I can see if my voice has changed any in 26 years. Maybe maybe it's dropped. <laughs> don't know. You'll also find on RabbiFinman.com the donations page. We are now in the last week of. December, we still owe for November, so we owe for November and December, and this is our end of the year appeal. This is it, okay? I've I recently found out that even if you take the standard do- deduction, which uh, because of the new tax code is much larger, you can still add in. You still get a credit for charitable giving. They didn't take that away from people. So you can still say, I gave so much and so much to the Jewish Hour, which is a 5013C corporation, it's part of one. And you get the benefit of lowering your taxes. You can decide, do I want it to go to Uncle Sam? Which is okay. I'm not I don't I'm not gonna say that taxes shouldn't be paid, but if you want to give it to the Jewish hour, we'll be glad to take it. And it's also part of your when you pay taxes though. It's not considered part of your tzedakah. You can't take it off of your tithing. 
It's not considered charity, but if you give to the Jewish hours, so you get the tax benefit and you get the mitzvah of giving charity and you're for supporting a worthworthy cause. This is the only way that we have been on air for 26 plus years is only because of the graciousness of people like yourself. So go today, right now when you're listening, you can do this even on your phone. You don't have to go to the computer anymore. This is, you know, the age of smartphones. At some point, they're going to just even get rid of phones and just put them like, say, like these chips in your ears, like little little uh, hearing aids, and they'll have everything there, and it'll pop up on your little com- computer screen eyeglasses. Who knows what's going to be the next generation of stuff? And people will be saying, you know, my grandfather used to have this thing called a smartphone. Oh, yeah, tell me about it. You know, that's the way technology is, is it just doubles every five years. So now, so go to RabbiFinman.com, go to Donations. Click on the donations page, click a number, pick a number yourself, make it a monthly donation. It's all very safe and secure. And if you're listening this long, it means you like what we're offering you, quality radio programming. We don't have any nonsense over here. There's no dribble. Uh, It's it's, uh, meaningful. We try to make it relevant, uh, but we need your help. So please do that today. The story, very interesting story. This story happened in the early 70s. There was a person by the name of Eliezer Sheffer, who was a representative of the Jewish agency in America. He'd been sent by the Jewish agency. They do that. They send people for a couple of years, and then they go back to Israel. And his job was to promote love of Israel, which is what the Jewish agency does, and to try and encourage people to give money to Israel, make Aliyah, emigrate to Israel, all that kind of stuff. He was doing whatever he does. And he had a friend by the name of Shaul Schiff. So it's Eliezer Sheffer and Shaul Schiff. A lot of shish is going on. Who was a reporter for Hatzofa, which is a religious... At that time, it was a weekly. It's since gone out of uh, business. They, uh, this Shaul uh, Schiff had arranged for a private audience with the Lubavitcher Rebbe because he was actively involved with making, uh, trying to get a more religious element involved with the World Zionist Organization, the WZO. And he asked Eliezer Sheffer to come. And said, we know the story is the, the, the narrator in the story is Eliezer Sheffer. But the whole story is really about Shaul Schiff. Got it so far? I know. So they presented their, the Rebbe welcomed them in and sat them down. And they presented the piece of paper, what it was it there for. And the Rebbe said, we cannot be involved with this. It's a great project, but we can't be involved because our mission is a religious nature. We're not into politics at all. The World Zionist Organization, WZO, is a political organization. So he said, but he encouraged them to do it. And he said to them, and he looked at the letter, and he said to Shaul Schiff, he said, you've written me a letter before. He said, I'm sorry, Rabbi, I never wrote to you before. He said, nope, think, you have written me a letter before. So this is 1970. So it happened that about 12 or 15 years prior he was a uh, working for one of the members of Knesset, 
And the member of Knesset asked him to send off a letter to the Rebbe on his behalf. So here it is. He, the Rebbe looked at his handwriting and recognized his handwriting from 15 years prior. And it wasn't even about something that this Shal Schiff, it was about some member of Knesset had written about. And he, he recognized his handwriting. So then he said, well, what's the, there's a problem at that time because there was... It was it was it was it was not nice. The religious Jews were up in arms because they have their religious neighborhoods, they had their enclaves, and they didn't like it that people were specifically driving through their neighborhoods. And the city said, What can we do? The city of Jerusalem said, What can we do? We have to leave over a way for ambulances to get to the hospital on the other side of the neighborhood. So the Rebus told them that the way to solve this problem is there's a one-way street. It's pretty much nothing more than just a wide alley. If they allow the the ambulances to go both ways on that alleyway, it'll bypass the neighborhood. And he said, he said, oh, I never heard of that street. Yeah, and the Rebbe said, that street connects this street to this street and this corner to that corner. And It's like the, like the Rebbe had it. This is before GPS, this is before Google Earth, before Google World. And it's like the Rebbe was talking like he was a uh, a resident of the neighborhood. In fact, later he went to that neighborhood and he looked and he saw it was just exactly as the Rebbe had described it. And then there comes this is a two-hour discussion they finally had. The Rebbe, they talked about the idea of giving back land, which is the early 70s. This was before the, the Yom Kippur War. And there was already ta- talk in 1967 that we should give land back. It was even before this whole stu- before the the whole stupid idea of a two state solution, and before there was Palestinians people. It was like all before that. There was not there was nothing. All there was all there was at that point was the PLO, a terrorist organization. So the Rebbe talked about how bad it was, and according to Shulchan Aruch, how they couldn't and uh, they could not give back land, and all that still holds back true today. It says after two hours, the two of those people. There were young men in their early, late 20s, early 30s. They said that their lives had been changed and their life's mission, their life's work had been set out for them and, and for their entire lives. They're still both alive. They have been engaged in following the missives and directives of the Lubavitcher Rebbe. It's amazing. Okay, that's going to do it. We hope we had a chance to entertain you today. We hope we had a chance to educate you today. We hope you have a great week. We hope to see you back again next week. Coil ha me subo,